The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 698 for October 27th, 2019. All four U.S. carriers join forces to accelerate RCS, Sprint and Verizon announce 5G expansions, and LG brings the dual-screen V8 to the U.S. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Your weekly podcast for the latest news, devices, and software in the mobile phone industry. More information can be found at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, first in the news this week, Starbucks has long held the title for the most popular mobile payment platform in the United States, but new data from eMarketer now shows that Apple Pay has surpassed past Starbucks in the U.S. as adoption of Apple's platform continues to grow. Starbucks adopted mobile payments relatively early on and incentivized users with rewards and features such as ordering ahead. But according to that data, uh, Apple Pay will reach 30.3 million users in the United States during 2019. Starbucks will sit at 25.2 million users, followed by Google Pay at 12.1 million and Samsung Pay at 10.8 million. Now, Apple Pay has benefited from wider adoption of new point-of-sale systems with NFC built in, of course, while the Starbucks application-based system uses barcodes rather than NFC and thus isn't as affected by the slow rollout of the new POS systems here in the United States. So obviously they were uh, in place uh, long ago. And it's interesting, these are really the only two applications that I use on my watch uh, specifically for payments, of course, are Apple Pay and Starbucks. And I use the Starbucks application on the watch. The only reason I have it on the watch is so that I can easily pull up the barcode and and use that to pay. It works out really nicely. Obviously, it, it even you don't even need to have a connection for it to work, especially if you have an auto reload on your account. So uh, unfortunately, it's I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker. Maybe that's not unfortunate, but uh, I do spend a lot more money than I would prefer to at Starbucks. Uh, and so it's very nice to have it. Yes, I could use Apple Pay, but of course you get the rewards by using the Starbucks app. So those are the two applications that I use on the watch. Right. And I don't uh, go to Starbucks ever, so I don't have that. And, and for me, of course, I use the uh, the watch whenever I can to, to pay at terminals, which, of course, they're slowly becoming more common, but it's still not quick enough. Are you the kind of person, because I do this, are you the, the one that you pull out your credit card and then you realize that the it, it'll take it and you'll use the watch still or you put the you still use the credit card because I and, and I get these weird looks and I just say it's it's a more secure method than me putting in a credit card. And then they kind of, you know, say, OK, whatever. And then I just move on. But I do that where I'll have like my credit card out in my hand and then use my watch to pay. No, I haven't really done that, but uh, I would still use the watch because it's much faster than using the, the dumb uh, chip. Uh, card readers. Yeah. And that's the other thing is hopefully that speeds up and uh, we get more, uh, you know, credit card terminals that even if they don't accept Apple Pay or one of the other mobile payment systems that we'll be able to do the tap to pay, because uh, obviously that's uh, a faster way to go as well than putting it in and dealing with a chip. Well, of course, because even some credit cards even have uh, uh, NFC built into them, uh, you know, TCF here issues, uh, credit cards or debit cards with NFC built into them. So you just hold the, the card up and it you know beeps just like your Apple Watch does to a NFC terminal. It's very handy. Uh, ultimately, this is going to be the I think the way that every credit card is is used is through this uh, this type of system. But uh, you know, Apple Pay is is certainly a good uh, way to do it as well. Especially if you are not someone who likes to carry credit cards or likes to carry a minimal number of credit cards. Maybe we'll leave it at that. 
Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint have all formed a new joint venture to accelerate the adoption of Rich Communication Services, or RCS, and ensure it works seamlessly across U.S. and global networks. The venture is called the Cross Carrier Messaging Initiative, or CCMI, and is working to develop and deploy the standards-based interoperable messaging service starting with Android, expected in 2020. RCS is an existing open industry standard for advanced messaging designed to replace SMS and MMS. It supports high-quality media, red receipts, typing indicator, and more. Google has been pushing RCS heavily over the past two years, but U.S. adoption has been slow due to delayed carrier deployments. And of course, uh, Apple is not really going to jump on because they've got iMessage, which already has all those features. So there's no reason for them. So we've got kind of the split between basically Android and uh, and iMessage, which, of course, the carriers aren't going to really want to implement this you know, big new technology change if half the users aren't going to benefit from it. I have to imagine, though, that this is it, it, Apple and iPhones are going to get access to it at some point. It's not like there's going to be a holdout forever. It's just a matter of uh, integrating it into the software, which presumably they're just going to wait until everything is kind of all set and all the other Android devices are all out there supporting it before they do. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll be a carrier thing where the carrier will just you know, translate the, uh, the text message coming from the iPhone into RCS to then communicate with with uh, Android devices. So I'm not sure what Apple will do if they'll use RCS directly, of course, to then have the benefited features between Android devices, which of course would be uh, amazing and great, but we just have to uh, wait and see what they decide to do. That would be ideal to uh, to have everything all together. Still going to be green bubble, blue bubble, though, because it's not iMessage. It's not secure. It's not fully encrypted. Uh, but the there are many of these uh, things that are going to be coming. Obviously, it'll be nice to see uh, all of the stuff uh, where it seems a little bit more uh, seamless than what we have today. Well, Verizon has launched its millimeter wave 5G service in two new cities this week, Dallas, Texas and Omaha, Nebraska. This brings Verizon's number of 5G cities to 15. Now, because Verizon's 5G network uh, uses the millimeter wave frequency bands, coverage is limited to specific blocks and landmarks in Dallas. Service will be concentrated in parts of Knox, Henderson, downtown, uptown, uh, deep Elam and around select landmarks and parks. In Omaha, service will be concentrated around landmarks such as Old Market, Omaha Children's Museum, the Orpheum Theater, the Durham Museum, Heartland of America Park, Central High School, and Creighton University. On the T-Mobile side, Colorado's Attorney's General has dropped out of the multi-state lawsuit attempting to block the merger of Sprint and T-Mobile. In exchange, Colorado received a promise from DISH to locate its headquarters for its new wireless division in Colorado. DISH will create a new wireless division using assets being divested from Sprint and T-Mobile as part of their deal with the U.S. Department of Justice to approve the merger. 16 states remain attached to the lawsuit challenging the merger. Boy, does that not tell you how political this is where the company that's being spun off uh, and created as a result of this merger uh, is getting benefits to move to the state of Colorado. And as a result, Colorado is saying, yeah, we're going to drop out of this lawsuit. We're fine with it now going through. Right. And that, of course, just kind of makes you wonder, you know, let's not protect the consumers, right? Let's just, uh, you know, because Colorado wants to have a little bit of extra tax base and some, you know, some employees, which of course is great. We won't uh, protest this, uh, you know, merging of the, the company, which is just really strange. 
It is, it is strange. And, and ultimately for those that are in business and follow this kind of stuff, you understand this is just how this kind of stuff goes. You've got, uh, you know, so many uh, different hands, uh, in, in the, the mix as something like this comes together. And, uh, ultimately I believe there were probably an, uh, there, there's more benefit to the state, uh, to not be a part of it and to see the, uh, the creation of the business here than, than there was to be as part of it. So that was, that was how they made that decision. But so, so very interesting, uh, to your point. And, and like I said, it just shows just how political these types of things are uh, next up when t-mobile launches its low band 5g later this year the two phones that will support it will also be capable of supporting sprints already launched mid-band 5g network uh, should the two companies be allowed to merge the oneplus 7t pro 5g mclaren and the samsung galaxy note 10 plus will both support 5g in bands 71 which is t-mobile's 600 megahertz and also band 41 which is sprints 2500 megahertz these two phones do not however support 5 5G in the millimeter wave bands, which T-Mobile has launched in several cities. T-Mobile does sell the Samsung Galaxy S10 5G, which supports its millimeter wave 5G network, but not the upcoming low band network. When T-Mobile launches low band 5G later this year, it will cover 200 million people, far more than any other U.S. 5G network to date. And again, still proves the point that we are in just the very, very early stages with these devices. You've got devices, again, that are only exclusively supporting one end or the other, and we don't have ones that are supporting both. So even though it seems great that you've got these two devices that are going to uh, support both Sprint and T-Mobile, it's still not the full, quote unquote, T-Mobile deployment of 5G because it doesn't support the higher band stuff. Which, which of course, is terribly annoying, but, uh, you know, basically the advice is just hold off on buying a 5G device device on the network of your choosing until they get this stuff sorted out. And of course, in the future, because there's so many different uh, deployments and different bands and different uh, frequencies they're using, I don't know if we'll ever have, uh, you know, this one device for, you know, a handful of networks thing. We may just be back to the, the old days where there's literally, you know, a, a variant for every single carrier for their bands just because of the complexity of the, the different uh, systems that they're using. And to launch, yeah, absolutely. That seems like it, it could be. And and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's fine to start. Most people aren't moving carriers, at least not like they used to. And so it, it's probably fine for that to you know be the case for at least a short period of time. But uh, at some point, they're going to have to start merging and, uh, and, and getting these bands under control. Uh, the other part of it is, you know, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, something like a, a dozen and a half or even two dozen LTE bands that still need to be supported in these devices. So and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. We're going to see support for that for at least the next decade. So we've got to got to deal with all of that in there as well. So just uh, all sorts of different uh, different things to contemplate if you're buying into 5G uh, and namely if you're even on one of these networks that are potentially going to be merging there as well. And speaking of Sprint, this week they announced that their 5G coverage has expanded to cover 16 million people in the nine cities where it has launched 5G so far. That's up from the 11 million people a few months ago. Sprint provided varying levels of detail about the expanded footprint. So for example, in New York, service has expanded to more parts of the Upper West Side, Harlem, and South Bronx. New parts of Queens and Brooklyn, as well as Patterson, Lodi, and East Orange in New Jersey are now covered. In LA, 5G is now available in new areas such as Torrance, Southgate, Lancaster, and Buena Park. The company has lit up new places in the greater Washington, D.C. area, including Fort DuPont and D. 
Deanwood, parts of Bladensburg and Fairmont Heights in Maryland, and parts of Bailey's Crossroads and George Mason University in Virginia. In Phoenix, customers can now experience 5G in parts of ASU at Chase Field and in Mesa, while Atlanta service has been expanded from College Park to Alpharetta and from uh, Marietta to Lawrenceville. The service will continue to be upgraded over time, and Sprint says that its merger with T-Mobile will accelerate that rollout of 5G. Interestingly, I was talking to someone uh, that is a Sprint customer this week about this and lives, uh, obviously I live in the D.C. area and she lives in Maryland. And so I was asking her uh, about, uh, you know, her service and she's a Sprint customer. And, and I she said something about 5G and, and being in a store recently and, and them, you know, mentioning that 5G was in the D.C. market. And uh, and I and I said, but you live nowhere near. And she said, yeah, I mean, fortunately, the salesperson, when we told him where we lived, she's like, yeah, don't don't do it. I mean, not like even like, oh, yeah, it might be here at some point, like we're 30 miles outside of this. So, yeah, not 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 a smart move to upgrade and buy something at this point. If you happen to even be in one of these areas, unless you're going to have a very specific use case for it, it's going to be very limited at this point. So probably best save your money, at least for the next couple of months. In device news, the Mophie Juice Pack Access battery case accessory is now available for Apple's iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max. The cases include an extra large battery that keeps the iPhone topped up via wireless charging and can themselves be charged wirelessly. Wireless charging leaves the phone's lightning port free. Uh, The Juice Pack Access includes its own USB-C port for charging. Pass-through charging will charge the phone first and then the case. The versions of the 11 and the 11 Pro add a 2,000 milliamp-hour battery to the phone, while the case for the 11 Pro contains a 2,200 milliamp-hour battery. All versions are $100, available in black and coming soon in pink and product red. So I was thinking about this. Uh, so you've got this 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 case that charges wirelessly and charges the phone wirelessly as well. So you don't ever even for this case need to have, and this is how Apple's uh, cases are as well, uh, with the exception that they plug into the bottom in the lightning port, but they charge wirelessly, uh, which is really nice. So you don't necessarily need to uh, have a cable. And uh, I, I just, I, I love the idea of these, but I just hate uh, the fact that they add so much bulk to the back of these phones that are already heavy enough. And uh, it just seems like it's a, at least for my use case uh, and, and how I, I operate, I can charge my phone in the car at, at, at a desk. Uh, I've got wireless chargers all over the place. I got charging cords all over the place. And I just, I would prefer to deal with it that way. And as a matter of fact, I don't actually ever hardly use any of them because the phone's battery still works just fine. Even with the new up, upgraded software, even with a year old battery, I'm still at generally 50% or maybe 55% at the end of the day. Uh, Uh, So things seem to be running just fine. Well, on the Android side, LG is bringing its dual screen concept to the U.S. along with a new variant of the G8, the G8X ThinQ. The G8X uh, drops the 3D depth camera, quad HD display, and wireless charging in favor of a 32-megapixel selfie camera, full HD display, stereo speakers, and a larger 4,000 milliamp-hour battery. It also has an in-display fingerprint reader instead of the standalone sensor on the G8. Other features of the G8X uh, are similar to the G8, including a Snapdragon 855 chip, standard and wide-angle rear cameras, high-end audio chip, extra loudspeakers, IP68 water resistance, NFC fast charging, 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, and a memory card slot. The Snap-on dual screen is included and supports a full HD OLED screen identical uh, to that on the G8X, uh, including the small notch. It also has the extra cover display on the outside that shows no 
notifications, date, time, and battery life, that hinge folds to a full 360 degrees and locks in place at 120 degrees, 140, 180 degrees, or flat, and a 270 degree or a tent angle. Both AT&T and Sprint will offer the G8X ThinQ dual screen, uh, and that dual screen uh, phone plus uh, together uh, will sell for $700 unlocked. Pre-orders started this past Friday with full availability this coming Friday, November 1st. And OnePlus announced the OnePlus 7T Pro two weeks ago, saying that the phone would not be coming to the U.S. And while partially true, the 5G version of the phone will come to T-Mobile later this year, and it will be a special McLaren, McLaren limited edition uh, phone. We talked about this a couple stories back. The OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren is the second 5G phone to be announced by T-Mobile. And after the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G, uh, the OnePlus will support the sub-6 gigahertz 5G, specifically that band 71 in uh, that 600 megahertz range. T-Mobile's low band 600 megahertz spectrum reaches further than other frequency bands. And uh, the 7T Pro is based on the 7 Pro with updated specs to match its best and newer 7T. It has the Snapdragon 855 Plus chip, 12 gigs of RAM, three cameras, including a 48 megapixel main camera with three times optical zoom, uh, over a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, Warp Charge 30T fast charging, a 6.67 inch OLED display with HDR 990 hertz, excuse me, refresh and quad HD resolution. It's curved at the sides and covers the whole face with no notch. Thanks to a pop-up selfie camera, uh, the McLaren design sports a carbon fiber back and a wood grain look. Accents in McLaren's Hallmark Papaya Orange Racing Tint. It comes with a uh, case accented in carbon fiber. Uh, T-Mobile has not yet announced pricing nor a specific release date, uh, though the expectation is that it'll be $30,000 and do 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds. That's right. High-end video camera company Red this week announced that it is ending hydrogen. Uh, that was its adventure into making phones. The Hydrogen One phone was originally announced as part of the system of modular accessories that would offer high-end camera options and integrate with other Red products. Their high-end cameras have been successful with the similar modular system, but the modulars for the Hydrogen One never materialized, leaving only its unique 3D screen as the selling point for the $1,300 phone. Red founder Jim Gennard announced his retirement along with the announcement that hydrogen would be coming to an end as well. In software news, uh, there was good news for iPhone owners last week when you could get uh, the unlimited free storage at full res HEIC photo backups in Google Photos, but this was causing some consternation because the same wasn't true for Google's own Pixel 4 smartphones. However, Google has now said that this was due to a bug, so don't expect it to last for long. The unexpected bonus for iPhone owners arose because the HEIC format is a lot more efficient than JPEG, so if Google attempted to compress the photos, they would actually end up larger than the originals. Android police uh, reported that once they reached out to Google for comment and got confirmation that indeed pics captured in the uh, HEIC aren't compressed and aren't changed, charged that is against the photos quota, uh, the Google spokesperson said that they're aware of the bug and working to fix it. So really not a bug, just a the way that it worked and sounds like that was uh, not going to be here. That's not going to be here for that much longer. No, because they want to, of course, sell the cloud storage to, uh, you know, have that monthly fee for the uh, the extra storage of full uncompressed uh, pictures. Well, I, I shouldn't say uh, recompressed or compressed extra compared to what they come out of your phone. And of course, I fully uh, recommend not going for the free storage limit and, and buying the uh, the extra storage to get the the full high quality pictures coming from your phone uh, as a, as uh, backed up to the cloud. 
Well, that is if that is what you're using as your exclusive backup. I, I use it, but I use it as like a secondary backup, kind of like a uh, you know worst case scenario. Everything else has failed, and this is all yeah, I and have that's left. Fine. You know, and so yeah. um, obviously, I pay for iCloud, I pay for Dropbox. I'm not paying for yet another photo storage, and and uh, so to me, this is it's fine to have those. And what's interesting is the um, the AI that's involved in the Google Photos application. Uh, in, in my uh, usage has been a lot more accurate than Apple's and I'm able to do uh, a lot more detailed searches when I'm looking for a picture uh, and able to pull up something uh, in a more efficient manner. Um, you know, Apple's, uh, if you go and you search for a photo, there's a lot of things that you can do. You can search, say, for dog or car or stuff like that, and it'll it'll pull up all those images, which is helpful. Uh, but you can, you can get a little bit more granular with Google search, and it just it feels a little bit better. What baffles me, and I don't know why this doesn't work yet, is I often uh, try and search for something that has a specific word in it. It, and that doesn't work on either. And I don't understand why of, of all the things they can recognize a dog, but it can't recognize text or at least recognize it in a way to, to surface it. So I'm hopeful that that comes at some point because I, I think about that more than anything where I'll take a picture and I know what word is in there. And I'll be, you know, as an example, like a car brand and I'll be looking for a picture of a car that I took and I'll search for whatever it is, BMW. And I won't be able to find the BMWs because or I will be able to find them, but only with the logo, not with the actual letters themselves. And so it's like, why, why is it doing that? But anyway, moving on. Uh, finally, today, uh, Netflix has been quietly testing a variable speed playback option in its Android application for some users. The new speed toggle offers options for 0 0.5, 0 0.75, 1.25, and 1 1.5 times of the normal speed. The feature is similar to one offered by most podcast and audiobook applications. Unlike a fast forward or slow motion feature, variable speed playback includes audio, which requires extra processing to correct the pitch. I, I, I'm trying to figure out a time when I'd ever want to watch something at half speed. <laughs> I, I get it, like maybe wanting to watch something or at you know, speed and a half. In fact, some of you or many of you maybe are even listening to this podcast at uh, 1.5 times. I do that all the time with podcasts and it helps you get through them faster. Uh, and, you know, especially when you've got, you know, there, there certain shows that don't speak in a cadence that is overly fast. It kind of speeds it up and it gets it to a point where it's almost listenable because otherwise it just kind of drags. And so, but again, why, why, what, 0.5 times? I don't get that. No, I don't either, except for if you're trying to watch something in slow motion. If you just want to see some action uh, slowed down, I guess that's why you would want to do it. And, and faster, I'm not exactly sure what you would watch that's faster. I, it, I'm, I, I'm trying, to, try, trying to figure that one out because it's a little different than listening to audio books and podcasts. Maybe, but if you're trying to you know binge through an entire season of who knows what it is, and whatever it is that you're watching doesn't require a lot of you know, thought. Maybe it's like it's some reality TV show or maybe a cooking show or something like that. Like, absolutely. I could see you wanting to speed that up so that it wouldn't take so long. I guess it, it's just this is strange. I, I'd have to see it to kind of believe this one. I don't, but don't you feel, I mean, if you think about like what Netflix is all about for so many people, it's about having a series and being able to watch that series at, at your own speed. And so there are certain times, especially when you get into the middle of, of, of shows where you just kind of like, ah, you know, there, it's that like, obviously the characters have been developed. The plot line is very, you know, what's going on. It's like, what is it, season four of The Sopranos or season six when he's in the hospital? Like, the whole time was the worst. Like, that was that awful. Drags on like, forever. Like, yeah. I would have loved to have had time and a half to watch that, that season. <laughs> like, I don't 
Come on, Tony. Let's go. That's when you just stop watching. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, I think, the point where, but if you're committed and you're like so far into a season, maybe you decide, I got to speed this thing up. I got to get through (laughs) it. I I don't even care what's what's really happening, but I got to pretend like I watched it in case there's any nuggets of information that come out there. But anyway, so who knows if this will actually come to, uh, you know, other things like Apple TV and Roku's and iOS, you know, devices as well. But uh, certainly it seems like a kind of an interesting thing nonetheless. Well, no questions or comments for us uh, this week, but if you have anything for us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call, 650-999-0524, or send email to questions at junkie.com and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. <laughs>